pressure's a privilege, man. We want to run towards that pressure. We don't want to run from it. And we want to enjoy that and embrace it and, and, and fight through the struggle. With it. Hey guys, welcome into another edition of the Orange and Black Podcast. We are continuing our coverage of the Columbia Regional as Campbell heads down to Columbia, South Carolina this weekend to face off against NC State on Friday. They're also joined in that regional with South Carolina, the host, and Central Connecticut State. Today we're joined by Corey Smith from Pack Pride. Corey, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Andrew. How are you, man? Pretty good, man. I uh, Speaking of the diamond, you're a t-ball coach uh, yourself. How did your game go tonight? <laughs> it went really well. I think uh, everyone tied fifteen to fifteen because uh, you can cap the the cap uh, for the runs per inning is five or three outs, and nobody got three outs. Uh, so my my kid was super pumped about getting two outs in the last inning, and I think she thinks that the the scoring is based off of outs. Um, so she thinks that they won because she got two outs. So yeah. A defensive battle for sure uh, for <laughs> your daughter there. And there is no pitch clock in T-ball since you can't even throw a pitch. So uh, the MLB can't really complain about that. But as we jump into the coverage this weekend, Corey, what are your overall thoughts on the host sites? Campbell was on the verge of hosting. Obviously got left out on Sunday when they announced the regional host. NC State has been in that position before, and they had the host in Wilson. What are your overall thoughts on the host sites and with NC State ending up in Columbia? Yeah, I mean, I, to be honest with you, I feel like uh, Campbell got the shaft in all of this. You know, they were the only team inside the top 16 in the RPI that didn't get hosting duties. And you know, it just so happens that Auburn was the one that was outside of the top 16. And you know, the guy who happens to be running – uh, the entire show there when it comes to the baseball committee happens to be the Auburn AD. You can kind of connect the dots there. It doesn't seem uh, shady in the least bit, right? So um, obviously he, you know, he had to leave the room to make those decisions. But, uh, you know, if I'm looking at it, like, I mean, South Carolina is probably, you know, when you look at the overall resume, yeah, they're probably deserving. But when it comes to, you know, their play down the stretch, I mean, I think it was what, five and 13 in their last 18 games. Uh, so they just haven't been a, a very good team. They played their way out of hosting duties. Auburn, you know, tried to play their way in, but you still don't feel like either one of them really deserved it based on, you know, one based on the overall resume, the other one based on the way they finished. So um, I do feel like, you know, a team like Campbell probably should have been, and I, I posted this, I mean, I posted it earlier today, you know, one of our guys, Alex Sawyer, that runs a podcast for us, Sawyer and Sensen. If you guys haven't listened to it, go listen to it. They talked a ton about Campbell today, gave them a ton of respect too. So, but he talked about, you know, on on Twitter, how you know, where they are in the stats wise, like top eight in all of these categories, whether it's runs, home runs, you know, stolen bases, all these different things. And I retweeted, I was like, there should be a regional this weekend at Bowie's Creek. Like, there's no reason why it shouldn't be. Um, so I, I just, I feel like Campbell got the shaft and I feel like a couple other teams probably missed out as well. But, uh, you know, Campbell's one of those ones that I'm like, man, that that's tough. Uh, but you know, just that makes them all the more pissed off going into this weekend and playing in front of a crowd that, you know, it's probably going to be over 50,000, uh, each and every single game. So, 
Uh, we'll see, or 5,000, 5, not 50,000, good Lord, uh, 5,000 each and every single game. And uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of Campbell Orange down there too. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe Campbell fans and NC State fans can uh, come together as a committee and boycott the NCAA as last year NC State was left out. And then obviously a couple years ago, NC State was sent home from Omaha after their great run um, during the COVID season. So as we jump into this weekend, what can Campbell fans expect on Friday from the Wolfpack? I mean, you're going to you're going to get a team that has some really good starting pitching. Uh, we you know, we'll talk about it later. I'm not exactly sure who's going to be the starting pitcher for this one. Um, I can I can kind of guess, but you've got three right handers that are their starters uh, every single time that they go out there. Um, you've got, you know, a really, really good offense. The question mark is, is the consistency. That's been the biggest issue for them is, you know, they've got a, a bunch of big bats in that lineup. You know, Cannon Peebles, a true freshman has played really well, uh, actually leads the team at home runs with 12 so far this season. The reason why, uh, he only has 12 home runs. He's only played, he's actually started in less than 40 games so far this season. They didn't really realize how good he was going to be until you know, he got out there in real competition and, and the bat, uh, obviously translated. So you've got a guy like that. You've got some veterans, Lou James Groover or Gino Groover, whichever one you want to call him. Uh, you know, he was the kind of preseason All-American guy, struggled at the beginning of the year, has played well down the stretch, uh, actually hit a, a big home run in the ACC tournament uh, to help lift them over Duke in that game. Uh, and then, you know, defensively, it's been good. Uh, the issue is for this team has been, you know, having some errors in, in the worst possible times and, and letting those compound themselves. So um, this is going to be a team that I know Campbell's kind of been a similar team so far this year, where if there's one if there's one issue to, you know, to Campbell, if there's one issue to NC State, it's been, you know, letting defensive miscues kind of compound themselves uh, so they can't allow themselves to do that. And I think, like I said, from top to bottom, this is a very good pitching team, very good hitting team. Uh, they just have to be able to defensively uh, stack up, you know, again, like a nine, I think it was like a nine eighty seven fielding percentage so far this season. So it's not bad. It's just at the worst possible times, those things rear their ugly head. Yeah. Campbell has struggled that a little bit too this year. It's not necessarily they're a bad fielding team, like you mentioned, but on the same note with Campbell is it just comes at some inopportune times and that's how baseball works, you know? Yeah. You can be playing great all year and then or the whole game and then you, you know, bounce a ball one way and then that can turn into three more runs that weren't necessarily going to be on the board and that it can also put your pitching staff uh, in a hole, especially in a regional format where you have to plan out for a couple games and especially in the ACC tournament where you're playing a lot of seemingly meaningless games, depending on where you are. Uh, in the, the, the RPI <laughs> exactly exactly and that's something that came into play for NC State coming down the stretch is you get a big win in that opening game and that might have propelled NC State in to the NCAA tournament talking about Kane and Peebles I was doing some research and yeah you compare him to Patrick Bailey who's also a catcher and you know Patrick Bailey ACC freshman of the year you look at the numbers very similar to Kane and Peebles but the at-bats and games played is like a 40, 40 at-bat difference. So yeah. that can make a big difference, but obviously a big bat for NC State, and he's been there in the DH spot a lot this year with Jacob Cozart behind the plate. 
Speaking of some big names that you can look at for NC State, how are the injuries looking for the pack? Peyton Green has been, he was out during the ACC tournament. It sounded like from Elliott event that if NC State would have made it out of the pod play, that he would be back in the lineup for the, the semifinal and possibly the championship game. How is that looking for the pack? Yeah, I would say the expectation is that Peyton Green probably plays this weekend. Um, again, you know, it, it kind of depends on how much of this is coach speak. Um, we've seen it in the past, you know, a um, couple of teams that obviously they say, hey, we're, we plan on having this kid back. And it might be something to say, you know, we're, we're going to be complete, uh, you know, at this point. But uh, we'll see how much he plays. Um, again, like I said, I think the expectation is for him to play. There haven't been, you know, knock on wood here, but there haven't been a ton of of really costly injuries so far this season. And I think, you know, with a guy like Peyton Green, if he's able to return, I think this team would be at, at full force going into this one. Yeah, we've seen that. I talked to um, the Spurs Up show yesterday, and they were talking about how they've had three key guys out of their lineup and on the mound. And you get all that information from the coach, but you don't necessarily always know if that is the gospel necessarily, especially when you're going into a big weekend you build up your entire season to this point and you want all the opposing teams to think that you have your best on the field, but we'll see this weekend down Some gamesmanship, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You see it across every single sport. So you just got to roll with the punches and what happens uh, this weekend happens this weekend. Jumping in more into NC state and their lineup and their pitching staff. Tell us about some players that we need to watch out for for NC State on the mound, whether that's a starter, a guy out of the bullpen, as well as a guy on the offensive side. Yeah, I mean, you know, when it comes to the pitching staff so far this season, the best guy for them has been uh, Matt Willardson. You know, Dom Fritton for a while there was one of their best pitchers, and they kind of rolled him into the bullpen just because they needed some help in the bullpen. He's been a guy that's been willing to do it in the past. You know, he had nine games started so far this season, eight out of the bullpen. So it's been kind of, you know, pretty even across the board for him. Uh, but both of them have a, a sub four ERA. Uh, Willardson, I think it's like a 3.54. Uh, and then I think Fritton has been sitting around like a 3.6. So uh, the two of them have been really solid so far this season. Logan, Logan Whitaker is another guy that's pitched a lot on Fridays. Um, him and Willardson, you know, are two guys that I think they'll probably try to use in this situation. One of the two of them. Um, I mean, I could see Sam Heifel pitching on that Friday game, but he's not been a guy that's been pitching Fridays. He's usually been pitching Sundays. So I could see them saving him for the weekend, uh, potentially trying to use him in that game on Saturday night. If if they get there, obviously you have to beat Campbell in order to be able to play South Carolina on Saturday night. Uh, but he's been a big game pitcher for them in the past. You know, you think back to the college world series, the run that they had, uh, he was the guy. I mean, he was, you know, seen as the mayor of Apex afterwards. He was called Vandy's daddy afterwards because of the way that he pitched against them. Um, and and you know, and then came in in that Pac-13 game where they only had 13 scholarship players uh, and hit 750 in that game. He went three for four against Vandy. So and you know that that staff that they had, I can't remember who the pitcher was in that game, but like he was phenomenal uh, throughout that entire you know that entire run. Um, so I, I would expect to see him probably held for the weekend uh, just simply because of the fact that they they do feel good about him you know, stepping up in big games. Uh, but they feel really, really good about guys like Matt Wiltz and uh, Logan Whitaker pitching on Fridays, too. Uh, both of them with 15 starts so far this season. So they've been 
they have the highest volume of, of starts to the highest volume of innings as well. Both of them over 75 innings so far this season. Um, so I think if you're looking for starters, those two are probably the guys that, that Campbell would be worried about in this one. Um, as far as the bullpen is concerned, like I said, you know, Dom Fritton was moved in there. Uh, he's a guy that, again, a true freshman uh, for this team. Uh, you know, him and Peebles actually, or him and Serrano actually, are two guys that are older. They actually went to uh, Pro 9 Academy here in Raleigh, uh, and the two of them uh, played for, you know, an additional season before coming to uh, NC State. So they're actually a little more, you know, a little older, a little more, um, you know, grown, I guess you could say, uh, mature, whatever you, however you want to phrase it. Uh, but those two, I think, um, you know, as far as Fritton and, uh, and, and, I would also put Justin Lawson in there. You know, Justin Lawson's been kind of a bulldog out of the bull, bullpen for them here lately. You know, some early season struggles that led to, you know, a little bit of a higher ERA early on. But the way he's been pitching lately, he's had 25 appearances so far this season and pitching about, I think, 3.5 ERA uh, so far for him. So he's been really strong for NC State. If I had to add a couple of guys in there too, Rio Britton. Uh, is one very experienced pitcher came over from Oregon during the offseason in the transfer portal. Um, he's had 20 appearances so far this season. He's been really good. John Morelia as well. Uh, big John. Uh, if you see him come out on the mound, I believe, if I remember correctly, six foot seven, uh, 250 pounds. So he's a, a big dude. Uh, and he's played, you know, pretty well for NC State so far this season. Only had eight innings pitched, but they just had him. Uh, they just used him in the uh, in the ACC tournament this past week, too. So uh, I could expect to see him potentially coming out there. Um, one other guy that I would throw in that mix, too, uh, that's also been utilized quite a bit, uh, you know, the the ERA might be a little more deceptive with a guy like Baker Nelson. Uh, a big reason for that, he had some midweek starts uh, and got, you know, <laughs> got hit pretty hard in some of those midweek starts, uh, you know, going into, I think it was like ECU was one that he had. A um, couple other games that he had where he gave up like six runs or something like that. So his ERA looks really inflated. But out of the bullpen, he's been really good for NC State. Uh, has almost 50 innings pitched so far this season, and that's as a as a reliever. So those are some of the guys to look for uh, for NC State. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully we don't have to see Sam Highfield playing first base uh, this weekend. <laughs> Um, but yeah, what a run for the pack a couple of years ago when they made it to Omaha and they were down to their 13 players and they had the shift guys all over the place. Maybe Dave Doran, uh, with the reliever you mentioned needs to kind of find a two way player with, with that reliever for you and have a little Russell <laughs> Wilson mantra going for you. Yeah. Um, and to your point with Baker Nelson, his sister actually went to Campbell whenever I was there and I had a couple of classes with her. So a little. Um, Creek connection there. Nice. What, speaking of Omaha, what is the difference between this NC State team and the team that went to Omaha? Obviously, you're two years removed. You still have a couple guys on that team, but what's the difference between that team? Obviously, think about Evan Justice, who came in and then that season, yeah. he could come in for three innings and shut a game down, come in for two outs and shut a game down. What's the difference between that NC State team who was on the verge of winning a national title before getting booted from Omaha and this team that we'll see this weekend. Yeah, you know, if I had to if I had to pinpoint one thing that's different, it's you know, and it goes across the board for this team is is really just knowing their roles. You know, that team in in 2021, you know, I mean, 
if you watch that team, they had three starters they roll with. They had three guys out of the bullpen they roll with, and those were their dudes. Like they didn't stretch it much further than that. Uh, you know, as far as the as far as the bats, I mean, there was nine guys they roll with every single game. I mean, they for the for the most part, there was a couple guys that came in and pitch hit, but you know, you knew who was who was going to be. You knew what you were getting each and every single time. Uh, there's a phrase actually, Wes Moore on the basketball team. He says, "I want my players to be like McDonald's fries." He says the reason why. I don't need them to be great all the time. I want them to be good every single time I put them out there. I want to know exactly what I'm getting from them. I want consistency every single time. And that's been the issue for this team has been, you know, the the bats are good. They're very, very good, actually. I mean, like I said, Cannon Peebles, um, Gino Groover, Kalei Harrison, who's been a surprise coming over from Texas A&M, couldn't even get a starting role at Texas A&M because his bat was so weak. uh, And he's hit almost 320 for NC State so far this season. Uh, and and hit really well for contact. And Jacob Cozart hitting over 310, all ACC player this year uh, because of his bat uh, hitting, you know, double digit home runs. Will Marcy has played extremely well too in his role. Like all of these guys have been good, but they, they miss so many opportunities. Like they'll get, you know, a couple runners on and they can't hit them in. Or, you know, they get an error from the other team and they can't punch it in. Uh, they'll get, you know, a home run, but it'll be a solo home run. You don't have anybody on. It's just, it's just missing those opportunities and not being able to put it all together. Uh, and then, you know, at the same time, as much as I just talked about the bullpen, you also, you know, let me go back to the starters really quickly. I mentioned Sam Heifel earlier. Like, Sam Heifel was the guy in that, that run. Like, you had an ace, a developing ace. You didn't know it all season long, but he was the guy when it came. You needed a win. He was going to do it in that run. I don't know that they necessarily feel that about any of these starting pitchers that they have. Like that's going to be our guy that we're going to lean on. Maybe, maybe they find it out throughout this run uh, who exactly is going to be that guy. Uh, and then the bullpen, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, there was three guys that they roll with. You mentioned Evan justice. Uh, obviously he was very, very good for that team. He was the closer. This team doesn't still have an identifiable closer. There's, there's two different guys with three saves and that's it. They have nine saves on the entire season. So you haven't had a lot of guys in those pressure situations or, or one guy that you really lean upon. Um, and, you know, the bullpen has, has struggled at times too. And that's, that's a, a huge difference from uh, that, that 2020 run as well. So you know, there's a lot of, a, a lot of different things, but I think all of it just has to, has to do with not knowing the specific roles of each one, each and every single one of those guys. And I'm not really being able to buy into it completely. Yeah, baseball is definitely about being able to put it together at the right time, finding the lineup and the rotation that works at the right time, and then being able to put that all together and peak at the right time. And we will see how that all plays out this weekend in Columbia. Corey, tell the listeners where they can find your work. Yeah, obviously at packpride.com. Uh, that's you know 24-7 sports website. Uh, if you go on there, you might actually see some of Andrew's uh, photography as well from, you know, from basketball. Uh, we, we'll we'll try to steal him away later on uh, once he <laughs> once once the camel run is over and everything. Uh, hopefully for you know a little while there, but uh, you can go to packpride.com. You can also find me on Twitter at rcoreysmith. Uh, you can find us, you know, packpride on any platform basically. So uh, go make sure that you check it out. Whether it's Facebook, Twitter, we're on TikTok as well. So. Uh, go Instagram, so go check it out. Yeah, awesome. Everywhere where you where there is social media, you can find Corey and Pack Pride. It should be an amazing weekend down in Columbia. The weather looks amazing, 
It's a good slate of teams, and we are excited to head down there as Campbell faces off against NC State on Friday at 1 p.m. That game is on ACC Network. Corey, thank you so much for joining us, and we look forward to a great weekend. For Andrew Miller, thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Orange and Black Podcast. Pressure's a privilege, man. We want to run towards that pressure. We don't want to run from it, and we want to enjoy that and embrace it and, and fight through the struggle. Thank you.